Welcome to Discover Christian Church Online. Our mission is to love God, love people, and impact the world. So this week didn't go exactly as planned, but we know that God sees the whole picture and we were blessed by a very special message from our guest speaker. If you're new with us and want to join the Discover fam, be sure to visit us online at discovercc.org and fill out a connection card. Now let's tune in for the message. Through Jesus, our sins are forgiven, our pasts are redeemed, and our futures are secure. But what about those who have never heard of him? Today, over three billion people have no access to the gospel. They don't have churches. They don't know a Christian. They've never seen a Bible. These people are known as the unreached. These men, women, and children live, strive, and die in darkness. But we have what they've been searching for, hope, purpose, acceptance, forgiveness, and eternal life. The need is overwhelming, but there are opportunities like never before to share the gospel. It just takes one step of obedience at a time. We can pray, we can send, we can go. God has chosen to use us for his great rescue mission. And until each of us fulfills our role, someone will remain unreached. I'm just a regular guy and I expected this morning to be sitting probably over there someplace. Um, and God's got this way of kind of shaking up our expectations that what happens in our walk with him is not always what we expected. Sometimes it's like the, the passage in Matthew 11 where Jesus was asking the disciples when they went out to see John the Baptist, they said, well, what did you expect to see? Um, and maybe when you came this morning, you expected to see Steve or maybe you expected to see Doug, uh, but you got me instead. So, um, that what do you expect? And it just made me reflect on my personal journey. Like, what has God done in my life and through my life over the years? Um, and guess what? It's not what I signed up for. It's not what I expected. Um, and uh, I kind of came from a, a, a family that had a lot of brokenness in it and came to faith in my early 20s. And, and in that time, just from what I saw around me and kind of what I expected to get out of Christianity, um, I thought it was gonna, my life was going to be easier, and that was, you know, God was going to fix all those broken things. Um, I thought it was going to be more predictable because there was a rhythm at church. Like that was what the expectation I had was I show up, I do my thing, and then I go home. And there's a rhythm to that. And if I got really crazy, it might show up on a Wednesday or some other time of the week. But there was a predictable rhythm. Um, and I, I also, to be blunt about it, I kind of expected to be a spectator. Um, so like the, the picture in my mind was like this. Like, um, if you know that there is a football team at Ohio State University, please raise your hand. Okay. Um, if, if you know what to do or what to say, if I say, O-H... Okay, so you, I love this place. This is great. So, so you know that there's a team, and you know what to do. You prob, if you have, like, Ohio State shirt or sweatshirt or any kind of paraphernalia, raise your hand. All right, good. A lot of people. Um, if you've been to the horseshoe and watched the game, raise your hand. Okay. If you've played on, in a game on the field, raise your hand. You got one back there. Um, 
That, that's in my mind. Uh, oh, did you go to perfect? Like, did you become a, like an NFL player too, by the way? Tryouts. So, so you're a missionary. So, because see, in my mind, what it meant to be a Christian was I knew that there was a Jesus. So I knew there was a team and I had the gear. I had the paraphernalia. I could even do the cheers sometimes. But um, to be on the field, that was for people like Steve. That was for the pros or the, the semi-pro or the, you know, the scholarship people. And then if you actually went pro, like those are the missionaries. Like that was, that was my world of expectations. Um, and really, I was just a chemist. And I thought that God was going to do even more. He was going to exceed those expectations. So I was going to get an even better life. I was going to um, have even more predictability in my life. And um, I might even get crazy enough to serve in my local congregation. Like that's, I define my Christianity that way. Um, and then I had this radical encounter with the book of Acts. And if you ever want your life to be messed up, go read the book of Acts and then like, ask yourself, what does this mean for me? Yeah. Because as I went through the book of Acts, I realized two things. One, my life is nothing like the, the people in the book of Acts. And two, my church really wasn't like that either. Now, y'all have a great church and you're very engaged in your community around the world. So you, you can be thankful for that. But at that time, the church that I was attending was very focused inwardly. So I, I didn't know, I kind of heard something about this thing called a Great Commission, but I would have never heard that there were those three billion people that have no access to the gospel. That just wasn't in my expectations. So the way I think I would have phrased it was, you know, what do I do about that? Like, okay, now I've, I've had this confrontation, what do I do? And God just kind of worked in my heart and he showed me and my family that there was more. And he wanted more from us. We get to the opportunity to kind of go to the ends of the earth, coaching and supporting teams and helping people connect their occupations with the Great Commission. Like, how do we actually make disciples through our jobs? Uh, and it's, a, I mean, it's the greatest thing I can ever imagine to do now. But see, my current or my initial expectation was God wants some of me and some of the time. Like that was what I was signing up for. Um, but what God showed me was that he wanted all of me much more than I even imagined. He wanted all of me and he wanted to use me in a way that um, he wanted me in the game. Um, and he needed me to be all in, to be fully committed, to be on the team. Um, so, and you know, my response was, well, you've got the wrong guy. You know, there's, um, th those missionaries, those disciple makers are just a bunch of Jesus freaks that live out in the middle of nowhere. They have a grass hut. Um, you know, I'm not that person. Uh, I am just a chemist. Th that's what I signed up for. That's my expectation. And then God said, I called you. you know, and it wasn't some like um, religious, holy, special thing that God was calling me to do. Um, I, I ran into a quote from author Oz Guinness, and this is how, the way he defines calling is what God was saying to me, and I think he's saying to all of us. Um, Oz Guinness defines calling this way. He says, calling is the truth that God calls us to himself, and he, he calls us to himself so decisively that everything we are, everything we do, and everything we have is invested with a special devotion and dynamism that's lived out in response to his summon and service. That is not what I signed up for, but that's what God called me and us to. And, and that's a radically different way of looking at things. Um, so 
it, God took those initial expectations and he just kind of tossed them out the window and he replaced them. So he's exchanged my expectations for some new things. And I like to share three of those new things. You know, what, what good is a sermon if it doesn't have three points, right? So I had three expectations and those expectations were life was going to be easier, that it was going to be predictable, and that I would be a spectator. And what God has shown me over the last... 25 plus years is the first thing is that God um, is saying that the great commission is for everyone. So it's, it's, it's not just a few of us that are supposed to engage in that. It's all of us in whatever way that he's crafted us. So um, I had not really clearly heard the great commission from Matthew 28, 19 and 20 that says, you know, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And I will be with you always, even to the ends of the earth. I had heard it, but it wasn't for me. It was for our gentleman in the back who's tried out for for the pro league. Um, And unfortunately, I think a lot of us are in that way, that we forget that it's the go is a a command for us all. It's It's an opportunity for all of us to engage. And more so than that, it's all nations. So initially, I was concerned with the walls of my church. And my idea of giving, my expectation for giving was, um, if, if there's finances needed, I'll do that. And if there were maybe an opportunity to serve inside the church, I might do that. But I don't, like, don't ask me to have a spiritual conversation with someone outside the walls of this building. Because spiritual things happen in spiritual places by spiritual people. Um, and God took that and he just completely turned it upside down. Because he said that, um, go is for me and for us. And then all nations, like I was clueless. I did not know that a third of the world's population, it's not that they don't want to accept Jesus. They have no way to hear him, no opportunity to know him. And that broke me. Um, That made me realize that I have a part to play, um, whether it's, you know, from my little community or where God might put me overseas, that we all have a place to play. So that's one thing he taught me was the great commission is for all of us. Um, the other thing he showed me that it changed my expectations is that there's, there's a blessing that comes from knowing Christ. But with the blessing that God's giving us comes a responsibility from him. So with the blessing, from God, with the blessing of God comes with the responsibility from God. And I was reading the other day in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And in the middle of that passage, verse 17 through 20, um, in verse 17, it talks about us being new creations and how the old is gone and the new has come. And we like that. We like that idea that God has restored us and the brokenness uh, that's in our world can be restored and redeemed. Like that's great news. Um, and it's not even more than just a lifestyle. It's, it's words, it's, um, it's, it's healing, it's hope. It's, it's everything that we really want to see happen in our lives. Um, but we kind of skip over the next little bit because in that same passage, I'll just, I'll just read it for you. How about that? Uh, in 2 Corinthians 5, verses 17 through 20, it says, therefore... If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. And then here's the part that is starting where I usually kind of would skip over. It says, all of this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling this world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, but entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God is making his appeal through us. So we implore you on the behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. 
So I loved and expected to receive the blessing of being a new creation. But I kind of just glossed over verse 18 that says, you know, that, that new creation being reconciled is from God. That's lovely. But all of that he gave to us and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So I, I read that and I say, well, I don't have an out. Like, if I want the blessing of being a new creation, that comes with the responsibility of also being an ambassador for Christ. Um, and ambassadors, I mean, I, we don't think of ourselves that way, but ambassadors bear the image of the of government or person they're representing. So they look like and act like the right way, but they also speak a word. Like, the ambassador delivers a message on behalf of the king. And that's so wrapped up in there is not just the blessing that I want to receive, but the fact that my lifestyle and my spoken words need to deliver that message that God has shared with us all, that, that great commission message. So that, that blew up my expectations, but that's what God has shown me, is that that blessing comes with a responsibility. And then the, I think the last thing that God has showed me, like changing my expectations, that whole predictability piece of, my, of, of what I thought it was going to be like, um, he just kind of threw that out, in the wind, out the window. But he showed me that there's greater joy by living a life on mission with God. So living a great commission lifestyle brings the greatest joy and fulfillment. Um, you know, I, I had my ladder on the, the rung, climbing those rungs of success by America's standard. Like I, I had that lifestyle and I was heading that way. And what God did was he gave me something even better than that. And it, it's kind of like in John 10.10 10, where uh, Jesus, the, the second half of that verse, he says, I've come that you would have life and have life abundantly. You know, that, that's not material things. Like the life that God has given uh, my wife and I is amazingly better than I could have scripted based on my original expectations. But it's required some changes in us. It's, it's required some steps of obedience. So I, I think about some of those changes that, that God has made. And I think about, like, has it been a sacrifice to let God use my life in ways I didn't expect? And no, it hasn't. I think about times where we were helping um, businessmen come to faith. And as they were coming to faith, they're wrestling with this idea of, like, well, how does my, like, my faith connect to the spiritual stuff that our house church leaders are teaching us? They're telling us that the business and workplace is dirty and evil. How do, can you say that it's not? And as we walk through this, we help them look into Scripture and see that, you know, these truths that, we, that God has redeemed all of us and he wants us to make a difference in that circle that he's placed us. And he wants us to be salt and light in those communities. And as they go through this, they say, well, you, can you tell this to our church leaders? So we sit down with those church leaders and we, we walk them through several days of basically biblical foundation of this is how God created us and that you know, work is a, a blessing that we can use to advance the Great Commission. And finally, the, the church leaders say, yes, okay, we believe that it's true. And we look over at those business leaders and they're bawling. They're just crying their eyes out. And we're like, well, like, you won. Why are you so upset? And they said, this is the first time that we felt valued this is the first time that we've seen or felt that we have a role to play in God's kingdom. That's, I, I would not change that for anything in the world. I, I think about the time when we, I'm sitting there and our global security director says, um, 
Here are the things to stay safe. Avoid crowds. Don't go into political demonstrations. Like he's listing all the things that we're supposed to do to be safe and secure when we travel to this area. So we find ourselves walking down the street and there's this huge soccer field full of people and there's people like speaking on loudspeakers and there's all this chaos. So we stand there and we're like, just like, what's going on here? And as we start to walk away, some people grab us and they walk us up to the side of the stage and then they seat us on the stage. But the next day, we're out in the community and we're meeting people that had never heard that Jesus existed. And we, we go to a small worship service with a guy who wrote a song. And he's playing this worship song in their little house church. And I ask, what, is the, what do the words mean? And he says, well, the words are kind of like this. Um, I used to worship the rocks. I used to worship the trees. And now I worship Jesus. I mean, what kind of trade-off is that? That is amazing. So I think that you know, when, I, when I look through just those um, miraculous things, but also the everyday things. A couple days ago, I was at a, um, a meeting, and I sat next to a guy. I, I don't know him. I've never met this guy. We start talking, um, engaging in conversation, and then I feel like God is telling me, ask him how you can pray for his family. And I'm like, okay, I don't want to do that. That's weird. I don't know this guy. Okay, he says to ask. All right, so I asked the guy, how can I, I, I said, well, I just sense that I should ask you this. How can I pray for your family? And the guy starts crying. And I'm like, that's awkward. I don't know you, and now you're crying. I didn't, did I upset you? And he said, and he just went on to share an extremely challenging thing that he was facing, and he was out of town, and he was just really upset for one of his children. And I, so just the ability to listen. So I prayed with him in Jesus' name. And it, it was not some far around the world kind of thing. It was a very practical, local outworking of my lifestyle of walking with Jesus. And I think that's what God's been showing me is that that Great Commission lifestyle, like it's not what I expected. So it, it's not always easier. Um, it's not always comfortable. It, it's not predictable. Um, it's not a spectator. He wants me to be in the game. Um, but it's so much better. It's, it's like um, in, in the book of 1 Timothy 6, it says that to take hold of the life that is truly life. That's what a Great Commission lifestyle is. And if, if you don't know that, if you don't experience that, if you don't know what that's like, I mean, that's why there are people with booths out there, or little tables set up that, that you can talk to, that you can engage with, because there's so much more that God wants to do through and in your lives. Um, than just being a spectator. So let him blow up your expectations. Um, and I just, I love how God does that. He takes the unexpected, crazy things of life. Um, uh, one of my greatest Christian philosophers is Bilbo Baggins. I don't know if you know him or not, but um, he captured everything that I wanted to say today in, in one phrase. He said, he's talking to his uh, nephew Frodo, and he says, it's a dangerous business, Frodo, going out your door. You step out onto the road, and if you don't keep your feet, there's no knowing where it might, you might be swept away. That's the call that God wants us to be involved with, whether it's that um, to the ends of the earth or around the block. Um, and it, maybe you are praying like those people were praying for these workers and those people. Um, maybe you're participating financially or you're serving alongside in some sort of ministry. Or maybe you recognize, like, I need to be able to share my story and God's story to other people. Um, whatever that is, I encourage you to actually move in that direction, to take a step uh, to get into the game. Would you pray with me? 
Father, I thank you for Discover Christian Church and the blessing that they are to the community, but also to the world. I pray that you would fan into flames the fire that and spark that you've put in their hearts and that they would be faithful stewards and that they would be part of your kingdom movement to make and multiply disciples around the world. And I thank you for them in Jesus' name. Amen. So what is God calling you to this week? Comment down below and be sure to like and subscribe so you never miss an update. Thanks again for joining us and be sure to tune in next week for Discover Online.